Thank you, Mark. And Brendan and Kayla, our prayers will continue to be with you beyond just this day. Well, we're in the fourth week of our series on Bible study. Often we come to church and we expect to study the Bible, and so we open it up and we walk through what God has said to us. But for this series, we're taking a step past that and saying that really everything that happens in church is supplemental to the most important kind of Bible study, your Bible study. And so when you open up God's Word, that is when God speaks to you. And so we do all we can around here to make sure that you have the resources you need, the equipping you need, the inspiration you need, but at the end of the day, it is on you to open up your Bible. And so as a quick review, what we've been learning during this time is that as long as our Bible is closed, what else is closed? God's mouth to us, God's word to us. So if you want God's mouth to open, what do you have to do? You open up the Bible. And uh, we've, we've given this in the framework of a couple different challenges. We started off with just a simple challenge to read the Bible. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about what it looks like to meditate on the Bible. So you're not just reading over it and kind of skimming or just getting the story, but you're, also, you're sort of drilling down and you're starting to ask questions. You're starting to, be, you're starting to ask God, like, what does this mean for me? Uh, last week, we had a lot of fun talking about what it means to be a student of the Bible. And remember, Pastor Dell was here, Ryan, our professor, was here, and we talked about how we both explore the Bible and we apply the Bible. And, the, and like any good student, the way we do that is we pry, we pry into the meaning of the text with questions. And so we can ask questions like, who wrote this and why did they write it on the explore side? And then when you get to the apply side, you're saying, okay, is this giving me an example to follow? Is this a prayer to pray? Is there something I'm supposed to believe? And and you're looking for how the Bible, correctly understood, can then apply to your life. All right, so today we're going to jump past, uh, from that point, we're going to jump forward into the next segment here. Uh, which has to do with seeing the Bible not just from our perspective as readers, but from God's perspective as, as a whole picture. Like the Bible tells a story. Yes, it tells you know, hundreds of stories, but it also tells one key story. That's what we're going to look at today. It's just sort of an overview to understand how it all fits together so that then we can look up to God and say, Lord, this is your book. Like you wrote this to me and to all of us, and so would you give us your wisdom? So we're going to look at the Bible as a whole big picture, and then we're going to start to pray and say, God, as I open up the Bible, would you illuminate its meaning to me? Would you light this up so that I can understand not just what it means in sort of a student sense, but what it means for me and what I'm supposed to believe in my heart as I read it and how I would apply that to my life? All right, so we're going to begin by reading from Psalm 119, which we've looked at a couple times in this series. So jump over to Psalm 119, right in the middle of your Bible the biggest chapter in the Bible. And what we have here is an example of a psalmist who is so excited when he reads the law, like the truth of God. And remember, he didn't have the whole Bible in front of him the way we do. He, this, is, this is a long time ago. So really, they, they're just talking about the, the Old Testament Torah, the first five books. He's saying, when I read this, I get excited. Like, this is, this is the path of life, and I can't wait to dig in. So here's how he frames that in verse 129. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Now right here we can say, 
not only are we reading this because it's kind of inspirational to hear this said, right? But we're reading this with a little bit of, wait, is that me? Like, do I actually think that way about the Bible when I think about opening up? Am I panting with expectation? That's the attitude that we can cultivate in our hearts, just like this person had. He says, come and show me your mercy as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love. Teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instruction. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal. Your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your laws are always right. Help me understand them so I may live. And that's really the key, right? I mean, we're talking about not just words of history, not just words of morality. We're talking about words of life that change you from the inside out as they come in and become a part of your life. So when you open up God's mouth in front of you and you have that open Bible, mix that together with an open heart, your life starts to change. And that's why we think it's so important not just to study the Bible in groups, although we've got that, and that's exciting. It's not just important to study the Bible in church. We've got that. It's important that you study the Bible because this is how your life will change as you open up and are exposed to God's word to you. All right, so uh, one of our verses that we've looked at a couple times that's, that's core to all of this is 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. And what I'd like to talk to you about for a few minutes today is why we say that all scripture is useful. Now we say it because, I mean, obviously there it is in the Bible, so we believe that. But, but why is that true? Because when I read the Bible, and you probably have had this experience too, there are certain parts of it that feel more relevant than others. So you could be reading along in the New Testament and feeling pretty good, like, yeah, this is life-changing stuff. But you might get lost in the middle of the Old Testament somewhere and start going, you know, I don't even know what, what's going on here. Prophecies against nations that don't exist anymore. Ceremonial laws about cleansing for a temple that doesn't exist anymore. What does this mean to me? And, and part of what happens as we open up the Bible is we enter into a storyline that when we understand how it all ties together, it helps us understand any one particular part. And, I, and I've run into people over the years that have been in church for a long time, and so, but they've never actually sort of surveyed the Bible to get the whole story at once. And so what they end up with is a bunch of disconnected parts and verses and stories that are helpful, but but they, they don't have the whole picture together. Remember when Dell talked about that in learning theory, how when you just start reading the Bible, you get all these pieces, but the more you study, the more you give time to it, the more you start making connections and you start having aha moments and you see what God is really saying. All right, so my prayer, my hope is that maybe even today in these final few minutes this morning, you might have one of those aha moments because you'll see in a different light how the whole Bible is really one big story. All right, so there's three different 
sort of ways that we can approach this, and I want to give you a little sampling of all three. The first one is the communication styles of the Bible, or the sections of the Bible. We'll look at that in just a second. The second one is the big picture framework, like the, the message of the Bible, not, not as far as its individual parts, but like what is this whole book about? Okay, so we'll summarize that. And then the third piece is, is I think where, I mean, where it gets a lot of fun is all the stories that are shared in the Bible, David and Goliath, Queen Esther, Jesus healing the blind man, like all of that fits together somehow. And when you put it all together, you can start to have a little bit of understanding about what the Bible means. And more importantly, then when you're looking up to God and saying, okay, Lord, what does this mean for me? And so uh, we'll get there in just a minute. All right. So communication styles of the Bible here. Here are seven different sections that you'll find if you open up your Bible and look through it, recognizing that the way this is organized is not necessarily the way other books are organized. We talked about it the first week, that there are actually 66 separate books, more than 40 authors who put the Bible together, all in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so we look at all of this and realize, even though it was written in different times, a couple different languages, many different authors, that God inspired all of this and that today we're holding something that is God's word to us, all right? So here's how that kind of breaks down. The first section in the Bible is the law. Moses wrote those first five books, starting with Genesis, that gives you the beginning of everything, the beginning of where we came from, where marriage came from, where law came from, where government came from, how the world works. I mean, just so many different things are explained right at the very beginning, And then you start to see how God plans to work with people and how God responds to people who have faith and how God gives grace to people who have faith, but he punishes people who reject him and who rebel. And so you start to understand a little bit of framework as you read the stories that are in the law and then as you read the law itself, the law isn't meant to sort of inspire you to be a better person. The law is actually meant to make you realize why you need the rest of the Bible. And so, in fact, there's a verse in Galatians that says the law is like a teacher. It's like a schoolmaster that leads us to Christ. So if you're reading the Bible and you open up to Leviticus and you're reading about ceremonial law, it's true. Like, if you're just sort of out of context there reading that, it's, you're going to be a little lost and wondering, like, how in the world does this apply to me right now? But when you see it as part of the, the sections of the Bible that are going somewhere, you go, okay, I realize that all these re- regulations about purity and all these little details of the moral law, these are there to show me how far from perfect I actually am, how much I need God to rescue me. What it really means when in Genesis 3 it says that mankind sinned and rebelled against God, what is, like, how bad is it? You start to find that out as you study the law. So then you head into the Old Testament history section, which is where a lot of the stories and heroes of faith come from, and, and it starts to show you what the consequence is when people either have faith in God and follow him, or when they reject God and they break his law, what happens? And so we have all this history that kind of roots this, not just in theory, but in reality, to say, wow, there are real-life consequences in this world um, based on how people respond to God. So again, this is all sort of building. It's growing into something for us. Then there's the wisdom literature, Job through Song of Solomon. Uh, I, I think we end up turning the wisdom literature, at least I do, probably most often when I'm struggling or when I'm sad or depressed, because it's where the Psalms are, it's where the Proverbs are, it's where... You can get kind of some wisdom and perspective and encouragement. Then there's prophecy. And if you remember earlier this year, we did a whole big series called The Cloud, and we walked through what all the prophets mean and and how the prophets give us this vision of God in his purity and his power. Um, and, And then we get to the New Testament, and we start to see how God's redemptive plan 
comes into play. And, uh, and so we, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, we talked about that a little bit last week. Um, and then the letters of Paul is the sixth section where, and that's where, you know, as you're reading, you start going, okay, this sounds a little bit more relevant to me because it's actually written to people who believe in Jesus and who are trying to follow him, written to people who are in churches like ours. And so that, that, that final section there, that letter section, that starts to become sort of our marching orders for where we go. We're reading, you know, the stories of Jesus in the New Testament history, and then the letters going, okay, I understand all of this, but see that Old Testament, all those other pieces, that sets the stage, that explains where it's all coming from. And then the the Bible finishes off with a book that we're all obviously really curious about all the time, a book of vision, a book about revelation, what's to come. And so heaven and hell and judgment and the power of God and how all of history ties up, that's all there. So when you see the Bible in that light, when you look at it as a big survey and go, okay, different parts of the Bible have different purposes. So they're not all meant to be equally sort of inspirational to you right where you sit today. They're not all directly applicable to your Monday morning commute or something. But every part has a reason, and that is all Scripture is God-breathed, all Scripture is useful. Every aspect of this is something that God wants us to know. I think there are many, many stories God could have told us uh, that he didn't. There are many different historical records that could be included that aren't. Um, I like to think that the Bible is written on a need-to-know basis. And so everything in here is something that God thinks I need to know. So that's why we study it. That's why we take every word of God's word really seriously. All right, so that's one way to think of it and to not get sort of lost. Here's, here's another way, and this is to kind of look at the, at the biggest picture possible and say, what is the Bible actually about? Like, why do we have a book in our hands? Um, so, one way to understand the whole storyline is that God's plan from the very beginning, from Genesis, was that people would walk with him forever. That's what he made Adam and Eve in the garden to do. That's what humanity was supposed to multiply across the earth and keep doing, was walking with God forever. And so, all this joy and all this glory and heaven and all of that's built into that. That was the destiny. That was the vision. But then what happened? Sadly, right after creation, Genesis 3... We read that mankind fell, that people chose against God, that they sinned. And so sin, the consequence of sin was destruction and death. And so now we're living in a world where rather than walking with God forever, people are on a trajectory of destruction and death. And, and, there's, and there's evidence of that all around us all the time. And, and so God could have left the world in that condition, but the story of the Bible, like the reason we have this book in our hands is because God did not let the story end with that did he? God loved the world so much. God demonstrated his love to us when he sent Jesus, his son, to rescue us, to redeem us from sin, to reverse what had happened to us at the fall. So sin takes you out of God's plan. Jesus is is who can restore you to God's plan. And and all of that is sort of this, this incredible description of God's love and grace and mercy. And when you put your faith in Jesus, he rescues you from that sin and death and destruction. And, and now you get to look ahead and say, wow, my mission now, my purpose, I get to walk with God, I get to love God forever. All right, so that little chart, I mean, obviously the Bible's way more complicated than that chart, right? But here's something you could know as you're reading the Bible. You could say, you know, every part of the Bible is about that in some way, shape, or form. Every story we read is an illustration of that. 
Uh, every, every piece of doctrine we find, every bit of redemptive literature, every prayer, every song, everything that's in the scripture is really about that, and it all points to us walking with God forever. And so something you could pray as you're reading the Bible is, Lord, I'm reading here in Isaiah, or I'm reading here this psalm, or I'm reading this you know, book of Ephesians or something. How, how, is, how can I learn to walk with you through what this is saying? And God will give you his wisdom. He'll answer that prayer and all of the scripture then becomes useful um, in that respect. Now, there's one other way to look at the Bible, and that is all the stories it shares. Um, and this is where, I mean, it's so fun to just look across the scripture and realize there are endless, there, there's, there's this endless array of characters and situations and all these different people who are living in this narrative one way or the other. And rather than me explaining all of that, I found a, a really cool video that in just three minutes shares the whole story of the Bible and hits a lot of the key characters. So I thought I'd show that to you, all right? So let's watch that. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth in six days. He makes Adam and Eve who spend their days with God until they give in to temptation by eating from a forbidden tree. Sin enters the world, and things get so bad that God floods the earth and starts over with Noah and his family. Years later, God calls Abraham to follow him with the promise to make Abraham the father of a great nation. Abraham obeys, and God gives him a son, Isaac. Isaac's son, Jacob, has 12 sons. Joseph, Jacob's favorite, becomes second in command of Egypt. God uses him to save his entire family and Egypt from starvation. Hundreds of years later, the Israelites are slaves in Egypt. Moses is called to lead the Israelites out of slavery. Joshua takes over after Moses and leads the people into the promised land. After Joshua, God raises up judges, temporary military leaders like Deborah, Gideon, and Samson who protect and fight for God's people. The people tire of this leadership and they call for a king. God gives Israel King Saul, King David, and then King Solomon. But it's all downhill from here. The people rebel. The kingdom of Israel is divided. And everyone turns their back on God. Prophets like Elijah, Isaiah, Micah, and Jeremiah warn that if people don't repent of their sins, there will be consequences. But the people ignore their warnings. The divided kingdoms are conquered, and God's people face captivity in foreign lands. People like Daniel show great courage and stand up for God when no one else does. Some of the exiled people return to the promised land, but for 400 years, God is silent. No prophets, no miracles, and no angel visitations. But then, the silence is broken when Jesus is born. He lives a perfect life, teaches truth, and performs miracles, proving He is God. He shows us the full extent of God's love by taking our place and dying on the cross for our sin. He is placed in a grave, but three days later, Jesus rises again, conquering sin and death. His followers travel the world, sharing the good news of his love and starting churches. We now are part of this story, and we have the chance to change the world and share his love because one day... 
He will crack open the sky, and he will return. It's the greatest story ever told. All right, so that's a lot to take in, right? In three minutes, there's the whole scripture, there's the whole story. So here's, here's what I want to leave you with today, is that when you open the Bible, rather than, being, rather than kind of having that sense of being a little bit lost, um, there, there is a process you can go through. First, think about where in the scripture you're reading, um, what, kind of how it ties to the whole big story, and then we ask God for his wisdom. So we say, really, Lord, this is your story, and, and you put all of this here for us. And so I want to leave you with a few questions that you can ask of the scripture uh, that I think will help you in your journey forward. All right, so here's the first question. Um, What does this part of the Bible teach me about walking with you? If the whole purpose of our lives is to walk with God, to love God, then that means that everything in the scripture teaches us something about that. So we say, Lord, would you show me, like I'm reading this story or I'm reading these commandments or I'm reading this psalm, how does this help me walk with you? Um, another question that you can ask, uh, Lord, why did you include this particular section or story in the Bible? What is it that you want me to understand? Uh, I like to think of the Bible kind of like a love letter from God to us, that, that this, is all, this is his communication to us. So everything that's in here, like he wants you to understand something about either human nature or about his nature or his plan. And so you're, you're praying and you're, you're kind of having this conversation with God as you read the Bible saying, Lord, I want to learn from you what you want to teach me. And then here's a third question. Lord, how does this part of your word equip me for my mission in life? Okay, first, second, uh, Timothy 3.16 is the verse that says all scripture is God-breathed and inspired and useful. Second Timothy 3.17 says that all of the Bible, all that scripture, is what equips us for every good work. So everything that God wants you to do that's good in your life, all the training that you need is right here. And so as you're reading parts of the Bible, you could be saying, Lord, as I'm reading today, would you teach me how I'm supposed to fulfill my mission in life? What is it about this story or this text or this Bible section or this chapter that's going to equip me for the days ahead, for the, for the calling that I have in my life? All right, so let's pray, and let's ask God, even right now, for some illumination. That's God giving light to his word. Uh, Let's ask him to help us to be kind of like that psalmist we read about, like eager to jump in, realizing there's this whole big story. There's this amazing narrative we get to be a part of, uh, but we have to open up the scripture and jump in for ourselves. All right, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for this amazing book that represents your word to us. And that in every way, every part of it has a purpose uh, that you want us to learn. And over the course of our lives, uh, we want to study this. Lord, we, we recognize we're not in some sort of hurry to just cover all the pages of the Bible and move on, but that this is something you want us to live in and breathe in for the rest of our lives, that we would constantly be hearing from you through your word. Um, so Lord, today we ask for your wisdom. And today won't be the only time. Every time we open up your word and seek you, Lord, we we don't want to just get our best ideas or even just compare ideas with other people. We really want to see what you uh, want to teach us through your word. And, And that's why we address this prayer to you, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that you would help us to understand your big picture, uh, your vision, and that, Lord, as a result, uh, when we open the Bible, we would see what you want us to do. 
So we look forward to doing that this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, God bless you as you study the scripture this week.